Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, Justin Baker, my co-host, as always, joining me in studio. Well, not always joining me in studio, but joining me in spirit. Uh, but here for real, no no spirits yet. That's like 70 years down the line. Jeez. You're going to live till you're 134. No, no, no probably 100 not. years down the line. Yeah, right. Curse and I have already decided that I'm going to be the first one to go out of the two of us. Well, that's what happens when you date a high schooler. <laughs> Just kidding, Kirsten. I, oh, she's only six years younger than me. I know. Not too bad. I know. She's actually the same age as my wife. That's true. <laughs> my wife. Yeah. 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 It's wife that's now, weird yeah. to say. Uh, yeah, I mean... I'm just a year younger. Am I a year younger than you? Yeah. A whole year younger? Just a whole year. Did you graduate in 03? 02. Oh, you graduated two years before me. Yeah. I'm 04. Did you go to school a little bit early? Like, were you the youngest I'm an in August class, baby, usually? But yeah, usually I'm... So you're an August baby, but you yeah. started like that... You started that same year, probably that year. Yeah, you were like four year. starting kindergarten or something like that. Something like that. They would they never do that anymore. Like, you would have started a year later for sure. Oh, yeah. But that's all right. You got through, got through life faster. Thank you. You were indoctrinated more quickly than most. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> On the show today, we are, of course, we're going to talk uh, autopsies of the Carolina Hurricanes and the San Jose Sharks, both teams eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we have our Stanley Cup final matchup, the St. Louis Blues for the first time since the early 70s, and the Boston Bruins make it to the finals for the first time since 2000 and. 11. Yes. Yes. I was trying to think if they had, I was like, for some reason in my brain, I knew that, but I was like, wait, have they been to the finals and lost? But no, they did. They weren't one of the casualties of the Blackhawks or the Kings. Nope. Just since Vancouver. Yeah. So, and they should have lost to Vancouver. If it weren't for, oh, freaking who, who was it? The guy who, uh, who, there was that terrible hit. In, Tim Thomas? No, oh. there was a terrible <laughs> hit in like game six. And the Bruins basically got pissed. They won that game, and then they won in Game Seven, and that was that. And I can't remember what it was. You can remind us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. We always love to hear from you. Uh, but we'll do our autopsies. We'll talk Stanley Cup Finals. Before we do that, we're going to just talk a couple little news things going on in the league. First one, the top of our list: Phil Kessel has been officially. It's out there. He is rumored to be involved in a deal with the Minnesota Wild. I think. Maybe for Jason Zucker, that's my guess. Any other thoughts or possibilities? Yeah, I also heard uh, Jack Johnson and Victor Rask going back the other way with Kessel for Zucker. And it, it's Victor weird. Victor Rask? Yeah, Victor Isn't Rask. Is he already on the Minnesota Wild? Yeah, he plays. He's, he and, I'm sorry. No, no, he plays for, uh, maybe it's going back the other, like being swapped. Victor Rask yeah, is yeah. on the you're Minnesota You're right, because he got traded for Nito so Ryder. Saying, so. You're saying that they would trade Zucker and Rask for Jack Johnson and, and Phil Kessel. Kessel. Yeah. Wow, that would that would mean that Minnesota has a lot of weird contracts. Yeah. How would you trade for Jack Johnson's contract? I, I Because don't know. they're willing to take Victor Rask's what I mean Victor Rask isn't being paid an absorbent amount. Well, maybe they're going to, you know, keep some of uh Kessel's money. I don't know. It's you know, it it's weird to me because you think right, you're bringing a new GM in in Minnesota, right? He's making 4 million, by the 4 way. million? Okay. Yeah. So that could maybe could be why uh, Jack Johnson's going back the other way too to to help alleviate some of that cap situation. But um, it it would be I'm, I'm sure there's draft picks in there too. But it's it's interesting to me from a Minnesota standpoint, right? To, like don't get me wrong, Phil Kessel, great scorer. He's you know a point per game player last couple what, seasons. Thirty two years old. Yeah, I mean for the next couple of years he's still going to be productive. I, he's still got a, a hell of a shot. 
I'm not really too worried about it. I think he's actually 31, which is even better. Um, but regardless, I think when you bring yeah. in a new GM, right, you're trying to, you're almost saying at this point, hey, we have to retool. We have to, you know, either reload or uh, revamp this team, right, because the current situation is not working. And bringing in Phil Kessel clearly says, hey, we expect to make the playoffs next year. We're not, you know, doing this rebuild yeah, thing. Yeah, not trying to do a rebuild. Yeah, right. For sure. Especitially a guy at his age. I mean, when you're you're definitely in your low 30s or even high 20s. I mean, at that point, you're saying, you know, we're not doing a rebuild. So um, interesting to me. I, I've also heard, too, that Phil Kessel does not want to go to Minnesota, that he's unwilling to waive his no trade clause. Now, really? Yeah. Now, whether that changes here in the next month, you know, before July 1st, when, you know, you can actually start trading guys is a whole other story. But um, yeah. Well, you can trade guys once the finals are over, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Something like that. But. Yeah, you know, the other... It would be fascinating. Eric Eric Carls, or, uh, Eric Stahl, excuse me, is obviously a free agent at the end of this year. Uh, so he has one more year left on his deal. Uh, maybe he's included in a, in a deal, or is there a chance that, hey, Carolina, looking like a lot different of a team, and... Boy, would Eric Stahl look nice coming in on your third line, maybe. Well, coming yeah. back and and rejuvenated and get the, the Stahl like, brothers back together. I, when again. when Eric Stahl was in Carolina, that team was they they were inept on in every way. They had the whole worst goaltending. They they couldn't get a save. They had no depth up the middle other than him. And then there was you're Jordan talking the Stahl. last couple of years. Yeah, and there. Jordan Stahl had was really, for lack of a better word, stalling out and. You didn't really have much winger depth. Well, now you look at this team, and you, obviously they they're a a fortunate far cry from where they were two or three years ago when they traded Stall to the Rangers at the deadline. That worked out well, and Eric Stahl's kind of reinvented his game. And is there a chance that Eric Stahl gets maybe dealt back there or somewhere else, or is he just here? Is this just? I mean, I guess if you're trading for Kessel, you're thinking he's here. Yeah, I, I think I think so. Especially like what I said, you know, you're thinking playoffs are bust at this point for Minnesota, and you know Minnesota's a team. I think they finished 27th in goals for uh, last year, and so definitely adding a guy like Phil Kessel would definitely help in that situation. Um, yeah, but I th- I think if, if I don't like the trade from a Minnesota standpoint because I think if you're ready to move a guy like Jason Zucker and you know, basically go after some young scoring. I mean, personally, me, I think I would just say, let's just start tanking and rebuilding and stuff. But that's just me. But I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Matt Dumba is a great young player. Well, and the fact that he, I mean, he played 32 games last year. That Your number one defenseman, I'll say Dumba is, at this point, maybe more effective than Ryan Suter, despite the fact that Ryan Suter has an oxygen tank, like an extra <laughs> lung built in his body somewhere. I mean, Matt Matt Dumba is certainly the most valuable defenseman that they have, and so I think that you get him back healthy, you you swap things around. You do have uh, some a nice addition with uh, what was it who who came uh, Fiala coming from Nashville. You know, he's a restricted free agent. He's he going to sign. A, he did look good, and so he'll sign a nice team friendly deal because he's trying to figure it out. He probably signed a two year deal, is my guess. Maybe three if they're willing to both kind of meet in the middle. And then, you know, Joel Erickson Eck, he also has to get re signed along with Auberg. And so the, there are some some forwards that they'll need to get thrown into this mix. But one more year of Devin, Devin Dubnik too. That's another 
Uh, he's only making four point three million. Well, two more years. You're actually looking at it. Uh, oh, they got the nineteen twenty season. Oh, they there, actually so. have it correct. Yeah, on which is nice. Friendly. Yeah. Okay. Well, then you know all my numbers are just <laughs> tack on an extra one because I, you know, obviously I, I need to probably read a little harder here. That happens. But anyway, so it's uh, there's there are some some salaries coming up. I guess Eric Stahl has two years left on his deal. Yeah. So, yes, I know that. All right, you're sitting there, and you're like, you ass, you dumbass. <laughs> All right, he's got two years left on his deal. Thanks. Uh, still, I, th- I think if things go south for the while, like, let's say next year they start off and they kind of have a rough a rough start. I think that guys on the chopping block, you got to think Miko Koivu could be. I mean, they're going to obviously go to him and say, yeah, he has a full no move. But they'll probably say, "Hey, do you want? Did you want to be traded? Do you want a shot at a cup? Yeah, because sure. he's an unrestricted free agent. He could come back. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, though. For speaking of Phil Kessel, a place that I think, like I've heard, and you know, when we talk about free agents, right? The big name is Panarin, right? And I keep hearing his name float around with the Rangers as well as Florida. I, I would honestly think, you know, if I'm Phil Kessel, maybe take a shot at going to the Rangers. You know, maybe the Rangers want to take a stab if they can't get Panarin. Yeah, they and they could probably. They could swing something. They got some decent pieces. Yeah, and they have a lot of draft picks. So yeah, yep. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, obviously, that's that's going to be consistent news here for the next probably up until the draft. Right. Uh, we've got what maybe five weeks until the draft, which is crazy to say. It's crazy it's to coming say that so fast. The cup's almost here. It, I know. Uh, I know. Stanley Cup final. We're starting on Monday. Love it and it's hate fun. it. It's it's one of those you love the first round so much because there's so much happening, and especially when. Boston swept Carolina, and you're like, wait, there's there's a day every other day where there's nothing on. I, I did, you know, you don't. That was tough. It was weird, and now, and I mean, now it's going to be what three games a week? I think is what they do in the final, right? Like a Wednesday, yeah. a Friday, and a, and then what do they do? I don't Wednesday, know. Friday, Sunday. Is that how they do it? Something like that. Yeah. They try to hit those then prime they, time. They usually Friday, give Saturdays. you like a like a a two day break in between everything. Yeah. Who knows how long it'll last, but uh, we'll, we'll obviously get to that. Um, other little smaller news. The Toronto Maple Leafs have added to their coaching staff. Paul McFarland is an assistant coach. He comes from the Florida Panthers, who had the second best power play. He ran the power play there. And despite having maybe one of the more talented power plays in the league, I think the Leafs power play left something to be desired. Yeah, and you got to think, too. I mean, granted, he did have... You know, Barkov and Huberdeau, but now he's getting better pieces. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. You know, to go from Barkov, Huberdeau, and, and Mike Hoffman, he's, he had nice, nice yeah, players nice on his. Yeah. And uh, Keith Yandel was top notch running that, you know, power playing that, that, or quarterbacking that power play. DJ Smith is the Ottawa Senators head coach, former Leafs assistant coach, and now goes to Ottawa. Uh, I'd say special teams for the Leafs were. Not the greatest, so I don't know if he's going based on his performance this last year, but sometimes guys are better head coaches than they are assistant coaches and vice versa. DJ Smith, uh, is this anything more than like, hey, we're going to bring in a guy who, who we can bring in cheap, we'll take a chance on him, and if it doesn't work out, it's totally fine because we fully expect to probably not be great for another year or two. If they need to fire him in two years, it's no big deal because he probably won't make much money. Yeah, I mean, you heard the names like Mark Crawford and Jacques Martin floated around, but I think when you're starting in a rebuild, when you basically lost so many valuable pieces, like at this point, it's like, okay, well, if we bring in the veteran guy, 
we're not really changing that much, right? So bringing in a new face, a guy who had, you know, success playing behind a, a successful coach. I mean, again, you, there's not too many guys out that probably wanted to go to Ottawa for the price that they're willing to pay. Well, yeah. He but, interviewed for the job. And then he probably found out how much money they were going to give him. He was like, okay, bye. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I, I I think Patrick Wall wants back in the league. I mean, he didn't exactly. Why wouldn't you want? He back didn't in the exactly league? go out on the best terms. No. When he left in Colorado, peace in August. See ya. <laughs> yeah, I I think was that we had just started our show. We had yeah. And he randomly quit, and I think we said it like, "How is he ever going to get a job again?" You know, that's uh, you do that to somebody, and it's obviously everybody knows you quit. You used a you PR right firm way. to quit. Yeah, that's weird. Like. A quit in in May, you know. Call it quits when you're you know late earlier, so that your team actually has a chance to go out and look. Of course, it's looking like they had a guy in the wings, anyways. And Jared Bednar, Bednar despite having his first year being one of the worst in the right. salary cap era, or the worst in the salary cap era, they stuck with him. And uh, yeah, I like Bednar, and Good he's coach. been he's been a great, I think, uh, person to take Nathan McKinnon and and help release him to be the leader that yeah. he can be you know that, he, he's right up there in my opinion with with mckinn or mcdavid now yeah i he's i well, mean he's barely below I'll, him i'll but. say that he's mcdavid's just in a world of his own sure mckinnon is now in that like there's maybe five or six players in that next tier and he's one of them and that's oh without a doubt especially from three years ago where people were kind of like ah mckinnon he looked like he was going to be really good but it kind of Maybe he won't be. Maybe he's just kind of a, a like a really good complimentary player. No, no, no. You were right. wrong. Sorry. Uh, Brock Nelson signs a six-year, $6 million deal. You have some thoughts about this deal. Just not a fan of it, to be quite honest. I mean, is I, let me ask you this. Is this the going rate now for a 20-goal score? Because granted... 20, 25. I, yeah, he's done 25 recently, but... 53 points. Yeah, recently, but the you know few years before that, it, you know, okay, last year he got. Um, granted, he was. I mean, he had a down year, but the four years before that, yeah, he had twenty, twenty six, and twenty. Um, but to me, this is a guy who set personal best, which obviously most guys do in contract years. It's just and and always and tends most to happen. guys do when they like a new coach comes in, and when you weren't the top guy and all of a sudden you right. are you're now your team's number one number two center you're getting put on the second power play you're, you're getting more opportunities but i'll say that he he filled the role he did it he's a ufa he could have signed anywhere else i think other teams would have given him six million sure he chooses to stay in new york and he knows that barry trotz probably gives him the best chance to have a really nice career for these I, last six i years. would agree with you i do think barry trotz you know and he they kind of fit each other very well in terms of what you know, Barry Trotz is looking for out of a hockey player. However, I just think the way he plays the game, because he plays the game pretty hard, he is a good skater. I, I think, you know, the last few years of this deal might not look as great because, granted, yes, he did have 53 points last year, but what are we going to get next year? Are we going to get the guy from last season that got 35 points, or are we going to get the guy that, you know, got 53 this year? So that all depends on if the Islanders bring in a center. You know, maybe. There's, there's obviously some some free agents out there. I sure. think the Islanders are going to be pretty active in terms of trying to bring, bring in some guys. I don't think um, they're going to get much, but that's just me. Maybe. I, I mean, hey, if the Rangers don't want Panarin, I'm sure the Islanders would, well, of course would they find would, a nice spot for him, and he could play alongside Matthew Barzell. Not a bad... But Panarin probably does not want to play with uh, 
and Barry Trotz's system. If I had to had to guess, maybe. But Panarin's. I mean, he he did play in Tortorella's system, and I didn't. I don't get the sense that he necessarily hated playing for him. Maybe until the last like half of this, <laughs> his very last season. But that's partially because there was so much turmoil going around with him and Bobrovsky that I think it was just creating a lot of negativity and. So I think that situation was bad, but maybe he comes in. He's the fresh face. He's going to be there for a long time. I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to Florida. He, he did come out and say Florida has no fans in some interview. Well. With. So, I mean, unless he likes that, if he likes it. But it sounded like he was saying it like, I, I well, they have no fans. The so Rangers I don't know. will be the other team at this point. So, we'll I, again, we'll see see how this all plays out. But I think San Jose is in the cards. I I don't hate that Joe, idea. Joe Pavelski all. hasn't been re-signed. And if you think, think about well, look, Vlasic. they were going to give Tavares thirteen million. So why not pony up ten for Panarin? Sure, yeah. And think about Vlasic and Burns and uh, like their hurdle and the guys that they want there. They sign to long-term deals before they become well. Vlasic and Burns too. If you think about it too, they're getting a little older. So you got to make a push now. So why not overpay a little bit for a guy like Panarin, hey. who you're still going to get great production from anyways. Well, not, so, yeah, he's only 27 yeah. years old or 28. Yeah, so I wouldn't worry too much about his production over the life of a you know. But and then I keep hearing too, is this possible a sign and trade so he can get his eighth year out of that? Mm. You know, does Columbus entertain that idea? Sign and trade. I, I can't believe no one's done it yet. Honestly. It's kind of crazy, yeah. If you think about it, that and no offer sheets, I mean, really. Do, I mean, do a sign and trade and get a second round pick. Right. Or a third round pick even. Even if you get a fifth round pick, it's better than nothing. Nothing. At least you get something. Guys in the NBA do it all the time and it works out well. Uh, and then, <laughs> And then, you know, if they do it, then they'll create some sort of stupid rule in the CBA where they go... Oh, no more. If you sign a guy, you can't trade him for 60 days or something like that. Was, you know, they'll stupid. do something dumb. Yeah. Okay. Also, real quick, just to yeah. also to my point about the last few years, I think are going to be kind of bad in terms of Brock Nelson's production. They did also in the last four years of his contract, put in a partial no trade. The first two years got a full no trade. So I think the Islanders, too, are a little weary about whether or not his production is going to tail off. So they threw that in there. And I think that that's probably fair to say, hey, once you're 30 years old, we want the option to be able to move you. We just yeah. we have to. You know, if you're you're a guy making that that much money, which six million now is like five years ago is four and a half, four million dollar guy. And sure. those are the guys you need to be able to move when you have a cap crunch. Is it significant enough to make a difference, but it's also generally not your high, high, high end players. It's your next tier. Right. Okay. Let's do uh, some autopsies, please. Let's whip out the rubber gloves <laughs> and let's cut open these cadavers. This is getting weird. The uh, Carolina hurricanes were, they, they, they went to Game 7 against the Capitals. But the Pittsburgh Penguins were swept by the Islanders. The Islanders then were swept by the Carolina Hurricanes. The Carolina Hurricanes swept by the Boston Bruins. And maybe we'll have another sweep on our hands. I, I really, really doubt it. Uh, but the Carolina Hurricanes managed to... They don't, they don't win a game against the Boston Bruins. They, they definitely looked outclassed by the time they got to that point. Maybe a little tired. Guys like Justin Williams, who are kind of that heartbeat. And this, this is, is there, they're a better example of a team that was carried by heart uh, through, through those two rounds. They maybe got fortunate to beat Washington. They, they met up against the Washington team that looked a little tired from the run they went on last year. They didn't look like they had the same, like, yes, I must win. You know, obviously Ovechkin wants to win, but you could tell when they he lost. Looked relief he when looked relieved. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about that. And so maybe not, going balls out like they had been 
the previous year. Yeah, and they were getting a little lucky too with like you know guys down in, deeper in the lineup like Fogel, you know, producing right, when right. they typically wouldn't. Well, and, and then you then you play an Islanders team who probably in in a normal year may not have been been you know advancing to that second round with the team that they had. I think they're they're still. There's this, there's always those teams where they go they make it to the second round or and they end up maybe missing the playoffs the following year they you know they just they were kind of that liar of a team that they they slipped their way in there and they had a nice season but is it a sustainable season with the team that they have could they do it again and again and again I don't know May, they definitely fed off a lot of John Tavares left us and people don't think we're going to be good so we're up against the world so let's play this certain way and I, I think that only lasts for so long uh carolina maybe has more talent than than a new york islanders team but they are definitely a team that was carried by destiny in a in a sense like you feel that in your soul and you play a different way because you're you just feel like you're supposed to get there bunch of jerks bunch of jerks uh now what does this team do Moving forward, obviously, they have to re-sign Sebastian Ajo. What's that deal going to look like? Justin Williams, their captain, he's a free agent. Uh, Peter Mrazek and Curtis McElhaney, both UFAs. What does this team look like next year? Let's start with the goaltending. Yeah, well, first off, if you haven't heard yet, Scott Darling is getting bought out. They are going to get rid of that guy because he was a disaster. And as much as I wanted him to succeed... You really wanted him to succeed. I really wanted this guy to be successful because I loved him in Chicago and I thought he would be a fantastic, not necessarily a guy who could do 60, 70 games like your, you know, your Lundquist or your Tuka Rasks of the world, but a guy who could come in and give you solid 50 games, I thought. Apparently I was wrong, which happens quite a bit, but he's getting bought out. I do think, honestly, it wouldn't shock me if they bring both these guys back. I think Peter Mrazek is the most likely of the two of them to get re-signed just because he's still a young guy. He's shown potential in the past, and obviously he was the guy they started the playoffs with. He's saying, you know, we're, we're saying you're our guy, so here you go. And so I, I think he'll get a two- or three-year deal. Uh, Curtis McElhaney, on the other hand, I I honestly would give him a one-year, one-and-a-half million-dollar deal and say, hey, you want to play, you know, play 1B again for us? And yeah, but if you're Curtis McElhaney, do you not go? I think I could probably get three. Like, imagine Curtis McElhaney going to Calgary. It's possible, but if if you don't think my, if Mike Smith doesn't want to be there or he won't sign a one year deal, he wants multiple years. You don't think David Riddich can get it done? Curtis McElhaney might not be a, like for a one A one B with David Riddich. You know, could he get three million from another team? Maybe, but I. I don't know. I think if he hits the market, maybe take a day and just just get some phone calls and see what's up, you know, and then tell Carolina, hey, you know what, I'm coming back if you if you'll have me. Um, yeah, Scott Darling, <laughs> four point one million dollars, and he got a no trade clause. Yeah, I don't know how that one happened either. So. Yikes! Not that not that anybody would trade for him, but uh, yeah, okay. So the goaltending chances are they sign one of them. And it's probably going to be Mrazek because yeah. he's 27. But what happens if a team ponies up? Okay, let's let's go a team like Calgary. What happens if Calgary offers Peter Mrazek six million? Well, then you're definitely giving Mac, you know, McElhaney three million dollars to come back. Sure, for sure. sure. Yeah, <laughs> I my guess is that Peter Mraz, if Peter Mrazek's smart, he sticks it out there because yeah, he the system was, fit him very well yeah. for his style of playing. So yes, I would agree. Uh, Sebastian Ajo. Your number for Sebastian Ajo. Where do you think he falls? Whew, that's tough because this guy's 
pretty much proven himself to be the de facto number one center, number one forward for this team, right? And moving forward, I don't see any reason why he's not going to produce the exact same way. So for a point-per-game player, I, I mean, granted, okay, last year, 65 points. The year before that, 49. So he's he's gradually increasing, right? Everything's getting which, better. Which, I mean, this is his, his entry-level contract, yeah. so that's fair. He's 30 ch- goals. I, I have to say at least eight and a half, nine million dollars maybe. Yeah. It's it, a little high, but I think that's probably where it's going to be unless he does like a bridge deal of five year, maybe seven and a half million per. And to me, when I look at, you know, the, their salary structure, they have $28 million in cap space. My assumption is that they're operating off of a different cap. I think their budget's a little lower, roof, even though, or, yeah, yeah, their, their owner come out and he's a, he's a little wild card. I think he's willing to spend, but I do think still just because of the market, the way it is, it's not a big market like Chicago, New York, Detroit. Right. Their, their budget is probably a little bit lower, like kind of like Florida and Arizona. Yeah, you're willing to spend, but maybe that means, like right now, okay, yeah, $28 million under the cap, spa- cap that's, you're going to be higher than that because the players you have to resign. Maybe, though, you know, if the upper limit is $83 million, maybe they're spending to 78 77 something like that. They only have three forwards making more than five mil a season, which, if I had to guess, would probably be the only team in the NHL that's like that. I'm wondering if they're going to go like I think their owner said it in the during the season. We would much rather have pay for forwards than defensemen. So well, someone's getting moved on the back end. For are they sure. about to? Yeah, are they about to move somebody? Make a deal? I think and, now's the time to trade Falk at a price that any team would jump on. A, a UFA, and one year left. A UFA. So maybe there's a UFA out there. Another player who's going to become a UFA who could who could come back. Eric Stahl. Anthony Siu. I'm saying it right now. Oh, Athens you Dude, yeah. would look really good. Number two center spot for this team, and he'd provide a lot of speed. He can score some goals, and Detroit would love to have Justin If you're Fult. Detroit, though, are you willing to give up Athens you for a UFA at the end of this year when you don't necessarily... Detroit going into next season isn't going to be expecting to make the playoffs, although that's going to be the goal. Detroit maybe is hoping to take a step forward. You know, Maybe Steve Eiserman comes out and says otherwise, but at this point... I think it's there's still another year's worth of a little pain if you're a Red Wings fan. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. But, I, I mean, hey, roll the dice, you know, if you're Detroit at this point. But um, Hope he resigns there. Yeah, hope he resigns. Or, or that, you, okay, you that, could that, trade for him after July 1st, and it would have to be like, hey, we're signing you to an Get an extension. extension. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. That would make more sense. Because I, I do think Detroit, again, while they are rebuilding, I think, you know, they do need... They do need some pieces on the back end, and uh, sometimes you just got to take a risk, I guess. Yeah, in my opinion, see, I when I think of the Carolina Hurricanes in their current state, I see a team. Obviously, you, you've got Shvechnikov, who's going to be a player. Like We saw, especially the second half yeah, of this better. year, he was nasty, and so uh, hopefully he doesn't pick fights with Alex Ovechkin. That'll be... <laughs> he'll never do that again. It's a guarantee. But when you look at their front end... There, there still is some, some room to improve, and I, th- I think it needs to go beyond bringing in an Athens to you. Well, he would look nice in their top six. I think this is a team that needs to go out and make a big splash offensively to take off some of the pressure from Aho. Because let's talk about this: one player gets hurt in their top six, and this team is suddenly not nearly as dangerous. If Aho ever gets hurt, this team's in big trouble. And to think that you can just rely on one guy playing 82 games all year long and in the playoffs for the next 
six, seven years is fool's gold. And so you need to bring in some other center who can who can play some high-end minutes. I don't know if that's Athanasiu. I, if, if you're a Stanley Cup winning team, Athanasiu is a great number three center. Sure. Don't think he's that number two guy in the long run that you can rely on in, in a lot of those situations. So I... I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> yeah, that's always the million dollar uh, question, right? Now, now let's okay. Justin Williams, solid player. He's coming back. Good performer. I think he'll be back. He'll he'll come back on a nice team friendly deal. Yeah. What if now Joe Pavelski? We've already talked. Maybe he's leaving San Jose. So I haven't re-signed him. Maybe this is a team where Joe Pavelski can go. He can play second. He can be the second line center. He won't be, it's another, like there's some good veterans in this locker room. So he can go and Carolina still relatively new to the stage that they were playing on. What a great player to bring in. Basically, you're like, all right, here we have Justin Williams. Now let's tack into Joe Pavelski and what that does to mesh with the locker room. I mean, they, maybe they were rivals playing San Jose LA for so long, but maybe a great fit for Joe Pavelski if he's going to go somewhere. You still get to be on the water. You're still in a warm area. Yeah, I, I don't I don't hate that pick at all. I can tell you right now there's 30 teams that would love to have him. Sure. Well, and but, you get to play in the East, in the east so the travel is less. Right. But know, now the question is, how much term are you going to give a guy like that? I think that's the biggest question with Pavelski going I'm, I'm this year. I'm willing to give Pavelski three years. Three years? Okay, I could I mean, do three years. He's but, younger than Patrick Marlowe was when Patrick right. Marlowe signed his three-year He's 30. Year Pavelski's 34 right now. And he scored what? 30. Oh, he got 38 goals this year. 40 goals, right? Yeah, he's he's a hard-nosed guy at the front of the net, which Carolina desperately needs. Exactly. And I'm happy to give him six million. Six million for three years. Maybe seven. I think if you give him if you give him two years, two years at seven. Okay. Three years, you're going three at six. There's not a lot of guys that score 40 goals, so that's gonna be tough. But I mean, is somebody gonna give Joe Pavelski eight? Somebody might for two, maybe, yeah. But absolutely. six for three is still more money. It it'll be interesting because, like we talked about, there's not a lot of forty goal scorers that are going to hit the market, and and not only that, but this team that we're about to talk about could look completely different, and maybe they go spend money other places, and maybe guys don't want to hang around. And now you, if you're Joe Pye, you're thinking, shoot, maybe I'll go somewhere else that has maybe a better chance, or you know, that actually wants me there. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I don't think that San Jose necessarily doesn't want him there, or maybe willing to pay me what I, I think. I'm I just worth. I think that San Jose is trying to get Eric Carlson locked up first, because if they get Carlson locked up, then they have to figure out what number they can give everything else. Joe Paul, because then they that. have to figure out what they can give Thornton if he wants to come back. Which Thornton didn't sound like he was necessarily oh, for sure. I'm back in next year. Uh, I think he's. Like, he's I hope he he's comes back. back. He's back no matter, like, if he wants to come back, he's back in San Jose. He's not going to play anywhere else. No. You know, I, I maybe have some pipe dreams of him playing on the fourth <laughs> line with Marlowe in Toronto. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. Okay, let's uh, let's shift gears. Let's go to the San Jose Sharks since we're there. We'll, we'll put our sole focus on them. Let's talk their free agents because when you talk points per game, in terms of free agents, they've got number three, four, eight, and ten in their free agents. Joe Pavelski, Carlson. Nyquist and Thornton. We think Thornton will be back if Thornton's back in the league. Not sure if Pavelski's back, although I'm gonna I'm gonna give it like a a sixty five percent. He's back in San Jose. Okay, I'm, I think that's probably a fair. Eric Carlson. I'm gonna say it's about forty percent that he's back in San Jose. Joe Thornton's just like a. I think it's a fifty fifty because it depends on whether or not he wants to still play. Nyquist. 
I'm going to say it's about a 25% chance he's back in San Jose. I'm sure he likes playing there. Is he willing to take the same amount of money to stay in San Jose? I don't know. I think he'll get paid more to go somewhere else, personally. He makes, what, four? Yeah, he four, made four. four and a half, but still, I mean, for a 60-point guy, there's not a ton of those. Yeah, he got 60 points, but he's playing on the top line for a bad team most of the year, right? So you have to take into account that he was getting some good He was power playing on play the second minutes. line. Yeah. Most of the time, yeah, that's yeah, so, that's true. He wasn't he wasn't up there playing with Larkin. He was playing with Franz Nielsen most of the year. Yeah, so yeah, he Ooh, you know a he'd good be, center. Maybe he's a seventy point guy. I mean, at this when I when I think of the Florida Panthers, and I think you know maybe if Mike Hoffman is is out, he slides in nicely with the Florida Panthers, yeah. and he kind of check on that second line would be pretty yeah, nice. Wouldn't mind okay. it. Okay. Uh, other than that, those those uh, I mean, there's. There's not much more than that. Also, I mean, you're talking Jonas Donskoy, too, has to get re-signed. Timo Meyer needs a new deal. What does Timo Meyer get to stay in San Jose? Well, I mean, he'll stay in San Jose. He's an RFA, but are they going to give him six? Well, he got 66 points, and you got to think Brock Nelson just got 50 points and six. A UFA, six. but yeah, yeah, yeah. So something probably pretty similar to Brock Nelson. I'd say if you're comparing, you go... How similar is William Nylander to Timo Meyer? Right, because I think go. they're fairly comparable in terms of the so points. Six that they nine put up. four three yeah. years for Timo Meyer, so he doesn't eat through all his RFA right. years. Right. And right, yeah, or can you I, cash in one more time. That's that's possible. And then a Kevin LeBanc, I think you're probably looking around three for a Kevin LeBanc, two and a half, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like probably that. a two year deal, a nice bridge deal for him. Yeah, San Jose's got a lot of work to do because this team really, if if they lose out on Carlson, let's say Carl, like if if Carlson was listening to the Thirty One Thoughts, according to Elliot Friedman, he thinks that he wants to go to Tampa Bay, and that Tampa Bay, obviously, they're going to do what they need to do to bring. Oh, they Carlson. would move. Yeah, they would move. JT They'll move Miller, heaven and earth Tyler to Johnson, get him. of yeah. course. Yeah, I, I the only thing I have against Carlson is his injury history, and I I think even if he does hit the market right, he doesn't you know, re-sign in San Jose. I do think a lot of teams are going to be hesitant to give him seven years and give him Drew Doughty money I because of the, the injury history, right? Yeah, I think you, he, I think you're probably looking at a five-year deal for him. Yeah, that wouldn't shock me, and I, I don't think he's going to get $10 million. If he does in... Oh, in Tampa Bay, he would get $10 million. I don't I think I think he's so. going to get $10 million No, I goes. think even... If he goes to Tampa Bay, I think he'll, uh, he'll sign he for less Bay, because... He might, he might actually get the same deal as Hedman or something. Yeah. <sighs> No, I think he gets. I think he'll probably take seven and a half, eight million dollars if he went to Tampa. One because no state taxes, but two, he knows he's got a legit shot at a cup playing there. I mean, a real. It'd be hard. It'd be hard for them not to win the cup. They'd really have to try not to win the cup. Although San Jose has, you know, a pretty comparable defense to what Tampa had this last year. Yeah, I don't hate San Jose's defense, but just their forward group is definitely not as attractive as Tampa Bay's. No, no, that is <laughs> and true. And their goaltending the same. So That is true. Although Logan Couture was on pace to have like the best Dude, he was most goals in a playoff. Do you know who has the most goals in one playoff season? Sidney Crosby? No, it's Joe Sackick. Is it really? Yeah, he has like 18 goals. It's not Dude. even that many. Well, no, I, I know it's not sort that of many, is, but... It's so crazy to think about that Mario or Mario or Wayne Gretzky didn't get eighteen. In I think the, in Mario had, Gretzky had maybe seventeen, yeah. something like that, and and Lemieux had sixteen twice. Well, I think Wayne Gretzky put up like forty, forty, plus forty-seven points, points yeah. in a playoff. That's insane. <laughs> like two two points per game in the playoffs. That's <laughs> uh, good old eighties for you. Yep. 
San Jose Sharks coming back next year. I, I forgot to ask about this about Carolina, but I'll, I'll go back and ask it. Do the San Jose Sharks, are they a a team that could win the division again next year? Do they fall back? Do they go wild card? Where do you think this team right now looking at them and, and considering what could happen, what does this team step forward, step backwards? Considering what would happen, I think they're third place, maybe a bubble team, a wild card bubble team, you know, in the playoffs next year. Um, I do think they make the playoffs because I look at that Pacific. I don't think there's a lot of threats to them in the Pacific outside of, you know, Calgary and Vegas. You got to think that Edmonton figures out you something. Hope, but I don't year. think so. I, Vancouver's I think there's be a couple better. years. Yeah. I think okay. it's certain Vancouver I will, will be think, better. Yeah, Vancouver Can LA probably, be any worse? I don't think so. No, but they're not going to get that Anaheim much better. Anaheim might, might be worse. Yeah, they will definitely be worse unless Gibson pulls a rabbit out of his ass. Um, but I, he's been known to do that. Yeah, he has. Uh, Martin Jones has to get it together next season if they want it. But I think Vegas is ultimately going to win the division next year, in my opinion, just because I think a full year of with Captain Stone. Stone. My gosh, that's going to be so freaking good. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think Calgary, I don't think they, they'll get, you know, that, that much worse if anything, you know, yeah, I, they should be pretty similar. Yeah. They might not win the division again. Right. Uh, to me, I think this team this team's going to miss the playoffs next year. It wouldn't shock right me. Right now, where we sit, if they only bring back two of these four free agents and they kind of fill in the gaps with lesser players. Now, if like a Panarin, a Panarin comes and signs in San Jose or something, then, well, then okay, whole nother I'll story. Right now, where it stands and the way that I feel about where some of these guys are going, they would be my team that would have the biggest fall off from, from this year to next year. I will say the central is going to probably take five spots next year again. So we see the central take five and I Vancouver, like we talked, like you just mentioned is probably the one team in my opinion that does have a shot to unseed San Jose in the Pacific. So I, I'm still sticking with them at three, but you know, who knows? We'll, we'll see it. It depends what, what they do. You know, if, if you lose Carlson, Joe Pa and, you know, who knows if Joe Thornton doesn't even come back either. Like, you're losing so much flipping offense. It's going to be really tough for them to make up for it because I don't think Martin Jones is going to be phenomenal next year. I think he'll probably get it together and be a decent goaltender, but he's not going to, you know, be a John Gibson type. I think he'll probably be more like what he was in the playoffs than he was in sure. the regular season. Yep, absolutely. Well, uh, we trust that, you know, the bodies of the bru- of the uh, the Hurricanes and the Sharks have been thoroughly examined. Well, obviously, we'll come back through everybody while we hit the draft. But let's turn our attention to the team, two teams still breathing, the Boston Bruins and the St. Louis Blues. The St. Louis Blues and the Bruins last met in 1970 when the Bruins swept them. That magical Bobby Orr goal. Yes, uh, which is, is always funny to me, that goal. I mean, it was in a game four. <laughs> in, you know, in overtime, great. If the Blues had won that game, okay, the Bruins probably win the next game after that. You know, it's, that Blues team, it, it wasn't even fair, really, the way that the league did it, where it was, all right, let's put all the expansion teams into one division. I know. And, and we'll make them all play each other. I guess it was fair, in a sense. Was it, though? Like, it it allowed, gives them a shot, It sure. allowed a team to make it to the final, and, like, it allowed two, four teams to to play and or two teams to go through and, and we will say through. we did see the beginning of a, a, a legend in scotty bowman four years with st louis yes. bring him to the cup yeah four years in so. a row but got swept every single time <laughs> but they made it uh yes they so they will play each other they they have played each other uh a couple times this i think is very different 
uh, as we, you know, we were in 2019, the Boston Bruins last one in 2011. Now here kind of a, I'd say for the Bruins, they had a very fortunate run. They, you know, they, they have, I think the best, the hardest matchup for them was the first round against Toronto. They, they definitely, you know, Columbus was a good, a good second round matchup, but they handled them pretty well. And then they rolled all over Carolina. So they're coming in here feeling pretty good about themselves. And then when it, when it comes to the St. Louis blues, I think they've been more, it, it's been much more of a battle for them. The they've been battling they've had January. to play. Yes. Yes. That's very true. So the question is going to be, do they have the gas and can it like these two styles of play? I think that maybe the Bruins are the closest to the blues in terms of any team in the Eastern conference. Like they could actually play that heavy style game, even though they maybe aren't quite as heavy as they once were in 2011. We'll say sure. Sure. Uh, Chara isn't quite the Norris trophy winner. That he was back in right. Guys like that. Seidenberg back there. Right. So let's just break this down forward defense and, and goaltending. We'll start with the forwards. Uh, how do you, how do you compare these two forward groups? Well, okay, start with Boston, right? We, we know about the top line. We know how good those guys are. There's no denying it. They're going to be a handful for either one of the lines that St. Louis tries to pull out, You know, whether it's their top, their second pairing, or even their third, third line. Um, although it wouldn't quite shock me if we see Ryan O'Reilly going up against Bergeron every single faceoff. So. Here's a question. Does Boston have the three best players in this series? No. Marshawn, Bergeron, and Pasternak. I don't think so. So who is better than any of those guys? I think right now. Would you rather now, have Tarasenko? Than I would. Any absolutely. one of those guys. He is really. heating up right now. Yeah, he's, and I he's, think he's heating up, but is he a guy that you can, let's let's say Boston goes, fine, we're going to play our big three against Tarasenko every single time. Can Tarasenko break through? That's my question. Do they have the horses around him to break through? I sh- my feeling it's is gonna that be tough. when it comes to those top end guys, it's definitely Boston's advantage. Well, sure. I think if you if you said take any three guys on St. Louis versus any three guys on Boston, those guys, you would take those three from Boston every single time. Yes, I, I don't think there's any argument there, and you know I don't I don't think anybody can make a valid argument for St. Louis. But however, I do think once you get past those three, that's where St. Louis is going to have a clear advantage. Hundred percent. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not so clear, but because of the way David Krejci has played in these playoffs, I would say at the beginning of the year, yeah. if you looked at these teams on paper, you would say that. But David Krejci has come alive here. Sure, Krejci like, this and might Coyle be the last time that good. we see vintage David Krejci. Won't disagree with you. Uh, It'll be interesting though when you when you look at some of the other guys like Marcus Johansson, David Backus, exact former captain returning to St. Louis, right? Yeah. That'll be interesting. Jake DeBrus, can these guys get it done? And I think you know St. Louis, they play a heavy forecheck, they shut you down the neutral zone, they don't allow you many chances to enter the zone and clean. So is Boston going to be able to adjust their game? I think you know. Um, St. Louis, you know, if they have to mix up lines, they have to you know split up Schwartz and Tarasenko on that top line. They're not afraid to do so. Right? And right, I think that's right. where the advantage might come into St. Louis's hands a little bit more because you know Perron's been great. Ryan O'Reilly, we know he he'll produce. You know Patrick Maroon, Robert I mean, Thomas. I mean, 
Tyler Bozak's been phenomenal for this. Yeah, team. I'm I actually think, super pumped for Tyler. Yeah, Bozak. I am too. He it's, gets replaced, you know, in Toronto. Right. Our, nobody, nobody is is saying that the Leafs were dumb for or well, you traded essentially you traded Bozak for John Tavares. <laughs> Anyone's going to take that. They're going to take Tavares and run. Right. Right. Uh, but it's good to see. You know, he kind of leaves this team that was the up and coming team. And he gets to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Finally, like finally, this guy finds some playoff success after some miserable years. I mean, he was on that the team that blew the three goal lead in Game Seven. He was on some of the worst teams in the salary cap era with some of those Leafs teams. Uh, when the the Peter Horacek era, right, with right, the Leafs. There was some rough rough times. Yeah, and I I think. You know, for for Boston, their claim to fame on how they were able to be so successful in the East was that their depth at their third and fourth line was producing, right? Sure. Well, St. Louis is just as capable, I think, Top to, to do that. Yeah. So now Boston doesn't have that advantage where they can roll out the fourth line and say, hey, they're going to go out and get points for us because St. Louis can just do the same. And so I don't know. To me, I, I think I would rather take... Obviously, if we're taking you know one line versus one line, I'll take Boston's top line all day long. But as a whole, I think I might give a slight edge to St. Louis just because I think they can mix and match any guy on any line they want and still get some pretty dang good results. Yeah, the Bruins, 38% of their goals in the playoffs have come from their top line. Okay, there now, you go. The Blues, though, when you think of that Shark series... And you see the way that they were able to not only like they, I think it was the shark Peter DeBoer. He said, we have, we had no space. Like we had nowhere to, nowhere to go. Their four checks so good. And they, they close in on you really fast. Now the difference being, I think that the Bruins have more speed on their top line. I mean, but also the blues, not only did they, did they have a great four check? They punished the Sharks. I mean, think about game they seven. Physically. They didn't have Eric Carlson. They didn't have Joe Pavelski. They didn't have Tomas Hurdle. I mean, they were missing some key pieces because San Jose drove them into the ground. Now, that's not discounting what happened to them against the Vegas Golden Knights. It's it's not saying that... Yeah, they uh, ran out of nine lives. They, 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 they got that, so. beaten up in <laughs> just about every series. I mean, even Colorado, maybe to a lesser extent. But yeah, that Vegas series, I think, beat guys up and it, that held, held them back. They looked exhausted by the end of that that series. So, I think there's something special about the St. Louis team. I'll I'll give them the intangible of like or something. Win it for Layla, like legit. Like they've got motivation that I think Boston doesn't right now. Patrick Maroon, a hometown guy, like you talk about Tyler Bozak. There's so many storylines on the St. Louis team. I mean Jordan Bennington, dude. Yes, we'll get to goaltending. Worst team in January. I mean, so many storylines for St. Louis to win. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to goaltending. Let's let's go defense. Uh, Obviously, I, I mean. J. Bo Meester finally gets into a, a Stanley Cup final. He's he's been in the league since I think he was he was drafted in two thousand two. Yeah, I think you're right. Two thousand two or two thousand three. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, a guy who and he's been he's had a lot of crap thrown on him. You know, he's he was supposed to be a certain type of player and and maybe didn't pan out the way that people thought. Uh, but still, I mean, the guy did win a gold medal with Team Canada. Uh, he's he's no slouch. Uh, he maybe you know he's. He's no, he a, started off with like an offensive-minded guy, right. and he's he settled into more of a defensive D. role. Yeah. To to me, when I think about St. Louis's defense, I see a lot of depth and huge players, like just Petrangelo and and a guy like Bo Meester and Colton Pareko. These are guys that play a heavy game, and they can move the puck. When I go Boston, I mean Char is massive. 
So obviously, so maybe some of the size is, is taken out there, but he's definitely he's slowed down. Boston though has been sneaky with their defensemen. You know, I think that maybe on paper you don't necessarily you're not you're not scared of their defense, but Grizzlick's been phenomenal. Tory Krug and Charlie Coyle, like there's they have some horses back there. Where who do you who would you rather have? St. Louis's defense or Boston's? Oh, I'm taking St. Louis's all day long. Okay. All day long. And I say that because okay, yeah, you're right. You know, McAvoy, Krug, Grizzlick. Grizzlick, I, how long can he keep this up? I'm not sure, but uh, regardless, I think you're still going to get the offensive production you typically get from a McAvoy and a Krug. There's no doubt there. However, I do think when it comes to playing heavy and physical, which is what St. Louis is going to want to do in this series, especially with that forecheck, it's going to be hard to go up against Pietrangelo, Perenko, who is going to destroy some people, I think. I think he's going to be one of the unsung heroes of this series. I hope so. Yeah, at Joel Edmondson, you know, like we talk about, Jay Bomeister now is playing that that physical game a little bit more, and I think yeah, we we do know Zdeno Chara can do that, but he's not as fast as those guys for sure. And I think when you you talk about moving the puck as well, those guys that we talked about on St. Louis who can play that physical game, they can move the puck just as well. You know, they can put they can produce the points too. I think what was it? I think St. Louis has gotten forty four points from their back end this this playoffs, that's, yeah, that's which incredible. is insane. So to me, I, I give the edge to St. Louis. I think they're. Don't don't put them on the power play either. I think that back end is, is yeah. Too but good. I mean, at the same time, don't put Boston on the power play. Boston's thirty four percent on the power play. That's these very playoffs. true. Very they true. We're forty six percent against the Carolina Hurricanes. That's yeah, that, madness. I think I think Boston with that Carolina Carolina series got into like the right matchup for them. Just just the same yeah. as the Islanders did against Pittsburgh, and, and the right? same same Boston and Toronto. Absolutely, Toronto couldn't stop them. Uh, you know, Columbus did better on their penalty kill because Columbus has a decent penalty kill. Sure. Well, they had a decent penalty kill. So, yeah, the, the special teams will be pretty important. I'm wondering, you're talking Stanley Cup final, these refs are probably going to put their whistles away a little more. They're going to let these guys play, so maybe you don't get the same amount of calls. Although, I mean, yeah, you think 15, 15 penalties in, in four games, that's, that's a good amount of power plays in, in the conference final. So, but Carolina kind of lost their head a couple times. Justin Williams took a couple stupid penalties, and yeah, well, so there was there was some frustration calls out Boston there. Boston is known to cause the other team to get a little frustrated. And I think if there's one team that won't bite, it's St. Louis. They they seem to have their heads on straight. I mean, especially if a team a team can go through what they went through, going down two one on a goal that shouldn't have counted. People were pissed. And, you know, they, they managed to rally and they find themselves in the Stanley Cup finals. Let's go to goaltending. I know it's your thank you. It's your baby. Yeah. I wanted to save it for last. <laughs> Tuka Rask, NHL best, 1.84 goals against average. The only the only one uh he's Binnington's close, two point three six. He's kinda he actually is maybe taking a little step back in the playoffs. Not that it, he's been he's been fantastic. He's been solid for I, I think the difference is that he's been he's had a couple stinkers, but then when in the games that they win, he's great. Yeah, he the, the great thing like you talk about with those stinkers, Bingington knows he he bounces back very very well, and every single time he's he's had a terrible game in the playoffs, he's bounced back the next game perfect. Yes, and I'll take that guy who who you know will give up six goals, but then the next three games two one zero or whatever. You know, Rask, we know what we're getting out of Rask. He's been solid. He's been great. And so far, I would probably put him as the front runner for the Conn Smythe at this point. I, yeah, I think you have to. Yeah. Because you can't give a Conn Smythe trophy to an entire line. No, so, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and Bennington, in his last three games, those three games that they beat the Sharks, 
stopped 75 of 77 shots. It's pretty dang good. 97, 97, four save percentage. So that's fine. Again, take that. The edge to Boston, but it's not that far off. It's not that far removed where you looked at, you know, for instance, where we maybe looked at some other series, like when you look at Mrazic versus, um, you know, Rask, you would definitely take Rask in a heartbeat. But I think this season, Bingington's proven he's not a fluke. He's he's not a flash in the pan type of guy, and uh, it's funny to think too. Last last season, he refused to go to the ECHL. Yes, and so and they loaned, loaned himself him to out Providence. To yeah, <laughs> so maybe he's got an edge there, knowing what goes on in Boston's head a little bit more, what their coaching's like. That's and a great point. Be like, okay, kind of got some insider information here. That's that's a great point. I never I never thought about that. That's, that's yeah, the, yeah. Those are the things you get. Those are Justin Baker here, at little overtime <laughs> hockey talk. Uh, your pick for the series. Oh, how many games is it going to go? Six games. I'm saying seven. Okay. I'm going seven. I'm full, the NHL is hoping for seven. Full full length. I, I No surprise if it does. I think this is going to be tight. It's going to be one, 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 one. It's going to be back and forth. Okay. Well, who, who's playing home? Boston's playing home. Boston right? will yeah, be home. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I still, I think St. Louis wins it in six in St. Louis. I hope that happens. Yeah. That'd be I, pretty epic. My hope though, when I when I don't I don't really care if Boston wins, okay, I mean it kind of you know I think anybody outside of Boston's kinda of like, eh, you guys win everything right now. <laughs> like yeah. we're all jealous of you and that's like I'll gladly admit, you know, people are like, Oh, we just hate Boston. No, you just you're freaking jealous because they've won everything. Right. You Patriots know, they, won't stop losing. The Red Sox. People just win don't like the city of Boston in terms of sports because they're jealous. And, and I, have, I yeah. am jealous. I wish that you know, I wish my all my teams won every year. That'd be great. Uh but it's just kinda like, okay, let's let's you can stop winning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and St. Louis, they they deserve a they deserve a cup. I mean, this this fan base has been through a lot. But I'll tell you what I root for. When I don't care, this is the same as Super Bowl. Super Bowl, I root for overtime every time, unless it was the Lions. The then one I, time that I root for ever happened. Then I root for eighty to nothing for the Lions because I. <laughs> but it never happened, so it's okay. I'm rooting game seven overtime. I believe it's happened two or three times. I, I'm gonna look that I, up. I, right I now. can't remember now. I know that the Red Wings were involved in both of them. I think the Red Wings actually won both of them. They're like 50, 1951 and 1954. Look up those, those uh, like this twice. Two times. Two Nin- times. 1951, 1954. Tell me if I'm right. Uh, well, I do see. Look up or like Stanley Cup final 1951. Uh, well, well, you look that up. Uh, I will say that this series will probably be won by whichever goaltender can absolutely steer, steal the show. I don't know if I necessarily say steal the show, but whoever can be more consistent to me would be the bigger factor. Well, and if it's going to go to six games, then yeah, Bennington's going to need to be good, and he's going to need to be good in all maybe all six of those games for them to win. I, I, I really think that top line is going to put on some, some serious pressure. They are grooving right now. So yeah. if Boston wins, it's because that top line just goes ham. That... That's going to be it? Yeah. I, do I don't think, so. think they're going to win on the strength of their depth. That top line has all the pressure, and that to me is why St. Louis is going to win because I think St. Louis can shut them down. To like, When I say shut down, I mean like limit the damage from what they do. You know? Sure. I, I mean, we looked at San Jose, right? They were re- very reliant heavily on Logan Couture scoring goals for them, and St. Louis found a way to shut them down. Um, 
Yeah, I they've done it every single series against Dallas. They shut down their their top goal scorers. Jamie Ben wasn't really producing, so I think again they're going to have to find a way to shut down that top line. I think if you have to go in terms of your second, third, and fourth lines, St. Louis is definitely going to have to have the edge there to 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 win this thing out. And so, just to answer your question though, it is Detroit both times. Uh, nineteen fifty against the Rangers, four to three, and against. The 1954 Montreal Canadiens, two to one. Okay, I was pretty much right. I'll give myself yeah, one, one year off. One yeah. year off. It was great. Good guesses though. Two overtime. That's uh, it's crazy that it's happened two times and it happened in a three years, a four year span. That's and true. The same and the same team did it. Never happened again. So I always root for at the very least. I'm rooting for overtime in the game when it when it all finishes. I, I think I've told said it before on the show but i collect the stanley cup winning goal scorer like whoever scores that you do have the last goal. overtime winners autograph though yeah who which? alec martinez ah yes i did the last time an overtime goal won a series yeah, that's true i do have it. i actually saw the puck that he scored that goal with i saw it up for auction i didn't have thirty five hundred dollars <laughs> spent on the puck at the time uh, that's a lot of money still don't because it's a, a piece of rubber I, and I don't. Yeah, like, that's hard to justify. I like Unless my collection. Is he, did he sign it though? Oh yeah, he signed okay. it. Okay. I like my collection. It's cool. Now, if that was maybe a Bobby Orr, John Tavares. Sure. Okay, Bobby Orr's <laughs> yeah. game-winning puck. Yeah, it's going to be more than thirty-five hundred bucks because he did it. Ni- you know, nineteen seventy, like we I'd talked say, about. I'd so. say if it was a team that I that I cared about and that puck was that much, I would. You know, what I about even Patrick Kane's winner against Philly in 2010? Be cool to have it. I think that that puck's in the Hall of Fame, isn't it? Probably is. The, the goal that there. nobody could. I feel like why goals. wouldn't you want that puck for yourself? What's 3,500 bucks? Yeah, I don't know. To when you're making, even if you're making like league million, league minimum. A lot of those guys probably have a hundred pucks sitting in their room anyway. Yeah, but it's your one. Like I you know, score the Stanley, Stanley Cup winning goal. There's only goal. there's only a hundred. A hundred and a, a little bit guys that have done it. So yeah, you get that big ring. You probably don't care as much about the puck, I suppose. But uh, let me ask you this though. Now, do you know who the longest Stanley Cup final drought, or the team with the longest drought in the Stanley Cup final is? Oh, it's Since, the Leafs. Yeah, it is. Okay, good. Nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah. Now, see, somebody was saying that. Oh well, if the Blues win the cup, then they'll officially be. Then the Leafs will be the the sole owner of the longest without a cup. Except for the thing is that the Blues couldn't have won the cup in 1967 because they weren't in the league. And so the season was 67-68. So the Leafs still own that because the Blues haven't won the cup since the first time they had the chance was 1968. So uh, that's anybody that's spouting that out, saying that the Blues have... (laughs) Done, been as just as long as the Leafs. That's not true because the Blues couldn't have won it in 1967. They weren't an expansion team yet. Okay, enough of that. Enough of that. We'll uh, we'll let you guys go. You know, go enjoy the rest of your day, your night. Uh, we hope you enjoy the finals. We'll be uh, we'll be back during during the finals, of course. Hell yeah, we'll and, be back. Uh, we'll be we'll be watching all those games. So we you know tweet at us. We'll be on Twitter. We'll be we'll be throwing shade around as we go so uh at overtime no at ot hockey talk our show's called overtime hockey talk but you know we like the short form auth key is is also the way you could say our twitter auth key wow yeah justin you have a great night have fun at home depot buy things for your house and uh we will talk to you guys very soon